Welcome everyone to episode 39 of Casting the Net. Today's episode kicks off our series on Lent. And you know, we all know what Lent is, we all know how this works, but this is a great episode because Father Dave and Rick do their usual, very educational, very sometimes uh, academic interpretation of what this particular season brings. And today's episode is no exception. They talk today in particular about what, what makes a great Lenten season, what it really means to give something up. So pay close attention to this one. Another great conversation between these two guys. We hope you enjoy it. Episode 39, Casting the Net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey friends, Father Dave here again with my co-host Rick, and we are so grateful that you are spending time with us as we are casting the net. And Rick, I guess I ask you, how's Lent? Uh, now that now that Lent has arrived, do I have to ask that without a smile on my face? Be somber and no, serious? No, no, absolutely not. I, I, there's, there's, there's humor allowed in Lent. There's something humorous about Lent. Uh, we're we're on the march, right? I mean, morale is high. We just we just kicked off. Um, yeah. So far, so good. How's Lent for you? Yeah, I have always appreciated the seasons hmm. of the church. Um, for me, they liken fresh starts, yeah. new beginnings, uh, Lent, maybe even more than any other season that the church gives to us as gift, um, has always been about returning to the fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, in football, it's uh, blocking and tackling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just working on that and, and refining the particular disciplines that are part and parcel of excellence. And, I don't think Lent, for me, is piling on lots of new things as mm. much as it's going back to the absolute essentials yeah. and really, really investing myself wholeheartedly to live them better. You say, um, going back to the fundamentals, are there, are there some are there certain fundamentals that you especially look forward to uh, to, mm. to returning to, like mm. something specific you? Yeah, I you know for me with Lent the the traditional themes of Lent themselves yeah. are fundamentals or essentials which yeah. the the church um, delineates as prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So, prayer, conversation with God, hmm. fasting is a mortification, self offering, um, some sort of sacrifice that we enter into. Now, notice. Fasting is not giving up something that's wrong. Yeah, we're right. supposed to. You should do already that. be doing that anyway. <laughs> yes, you know, you know, for the ones that say, "Well, I'm not going to um, fight with my siblings." Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, we do that all the time. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie anymore. <laughs> yeah, just I, just, just for, for the next weeks, just for the next six weeks, and I'll right, go back to lie. <laughs> then I'll go back to lie. No doubt. It, and the last thing being almsgiving a kind of an old fashioned word perhaps in 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 this day and age uh which for me is a self uh you know is, is self giving mm. um something that i'm uh, that i'm that i'm doing and i think in each of those areas i try uh, well i have entered into the season focusing focusing in each of those areas in a particular way what do i what do i believe that the lord wants me to do more wholeheartedly hmm. and um and to just go there so yeah. i i really appreciate 
the seasons. I appreciate Lent and I appreciate the opportunity for us to check in with each other Mm. as we, as we continue the march that is Lent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, it it took me a little while longer to get to the point of appreciating Lent. Um, Yeah. I think in my earlier days, it was for as, as probably as for many people, it's like, Oh geez, you know, giving up something, you know, two days of fasting, days of abstinence. Um, and I think that attitude, like I said, I think it's, I think it's pervasive and just reflecting on my own, my own way of viewing Lent in that manner. I think it's rooted in, in, um, in a, a misunderstanding of, of the point of Lent, the point of the, of the point of the disciplines and maybe the point of the season as a whole. Say more about that. Well, it's it's not dissimilar from the hang-ups that a lot of Catholics have about morality. Mm. You know, we we've discussed this before. A lot of Catholics view morality as simply a matter of following commandments. Yeah. Adhering yes to, or no. Adhering Do to the don't. do's and don'ts. Yeah. Missing the point that we're missing the 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 fact that these commandments and precepts and do's and don'ts aren't ends in themselves. <laughs> They're a means to an end. Uh, means to a far greater end, which is turning yourself into a certain kind of person, yeah. you know, a certain kind of person who's, um, you know, flourished and charitable and uh, virtuous, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way, Lent, um, you mentioned the disciplines, uh, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, these these aren't ends in themselves. They're, they're means to an end. Yes. You know, um, they're, they're a means to developing patterns of behavior in your life. So like yeah. af- after Lent's over, you know, you don't go back to praying <laughs> infrequently. You, you don't go back to being attached to material stuff. Hopefully you've changed yourself a little bit yeah. during this six week period of focus and energies directed in an intense way um, so that you, you don't fall back into the old patterns of behavior. Yeah. And you're saying at a younger age, not having that insight. Hmm. But having it be more about a sort of a, a short term annoyance yeah. that even was unmotivating because seriously, why do I want to do this for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks? Yeah, and maybe maybe in in my younger uh, my younger years, I because I'm, again I'm a convert. I converted when I, when I was an adult. An adult, I understood it intellectually. Mm. I don't think I appreciated the significance mm. of it. Mm. Because when you're, you know, 23, 24, 25, the, the, the mentality frequently is I've got my whole life ahead of me. I can wait to change yeah. down the road. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to live my life now and, and that's going to be the end of it. So sort of going through the motions, not really appreciating the wisdom behind, um, you know, the church's efforts to, to form characters, form hearts, mm. form minds. Mm. Um, but, you know, geez, I do now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the time the time is the time is here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Means to an end. These are means to an end. And if we if we begin with that end in mind, so as we enter into this season of grace that we call Lent, the end in mind: love of God, love of neighbor. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. More more completely, fully, more cheerfully, more generously, more joyfully. Yeah. I mean, what kind of a Lent would it be? If I was more in love with God right. at the end of six weeks and more in love with neighbor, whoever neighbor presents themselves to be to me. Yeah. That's a great Lent. It is. It is. And so we, we think about, well, what, what's, what's keeping me from doing that? What sort of attachments 
um, in my life or preventing me from that deeper love of God and neighbor. Hmm. And frequently the attachments aren't to sinful things. They're just, you know, they're just uh, misplaced or disordered priorities. Yeah. As you said, you know, we, we don't give up things in Lent that are, that are sinful. You should be doing that already. Yes. But we, we do have problems with attachments in life. Um, you know, placing second things first. Mm. Um, and Lent is a great time to sort all that out. Yeah. That's part of the getting back to the basics. Right. What matters the most? Be about that. And other things become properly ordered. Yeah. Yeah. So Lent for you so far. Jeez, what are we? Are we a weekend? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, as, as, we, a, as a father of four, uh, <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> two, two of whom have been pretty sick the last week. It's been, it's been a little... Uh, Time has been a funny thing for me, but um, thank you for reminding me of <laughs> many responsibilities that I don't have. <laughs> I could trade you for a day. I, you've, you're really good at what you do. Uh, yeah, I don't think I want your job either. So, <laughs> you're you're really good at what you we, do. We so. agree. With, <laughs> I don't know. I might sleep a little easier. <laughs> I, I have lately than you have. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. for me, I, I, I guess the 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 theme. The word of uh, detachment has been at the forefront of my mind. And that word has me thinking about an old friend. Not, I mean, I've never met him, but he's been immensely helpful um, to me as I try to figure out this world that we're living in. You know, because you can't, you can't live the gospel unless you first understand the time and the place in which you're living it. Yeah. Um, this guy, he's, he's, a, he's a professor at McGill University in Canada. Hmm. Um, and he's he's spilled a lot of ink and killed a lot of trees <laughs> writing about um, what it means to live in a secular age, what it means to live in this world, which is vastly different from the world that Christians lived in a thousand years ago or 1500 years ago. Uh-huh. And his name? Uh, Charles Taylor. Yeah, I guess I didn't Charles give you the name, did I? Taylor. Charles okay. Taylor. If you're interested okay. in, in some, uh, some, some reading that will probably put you to sleep. Because he's, he could be wordy and, and he writes a lot. Um, but he's very, like I said, he's been very helpful to me. Yeah. Charles Taylor. And he points out that, um, you know, we live in a world that, at least for the last hundred years, there, there, there's been a very strong convergence, a really strong coming together of two very prominent attitudes in American life. One, one is individualism, which, which from the beginning, yeah, there's always been a strong individualist. Don't tread on me. Yeah. There's always been a very strong individualistic (laughs) strand in American life anyway, but that's especially pronounced now. Sure. And then the other, uh, the other attitude is an attitude of consumerism, huh? You know, which is, which is more recent, like 50 to hundred years is is what he places it at. Okay. But together this, this coming together of these two different attitudes has fostered a sense of there is no common good. There is no, you know, biological inheritance. There's certainly no divine commandment that should be allowed to keep me from deciding what I am, defining what I am, um, and seeking out those things that I think are good for me. Let, let me walk back a second. So the convergence of individualism and consumerism eclipsing the importance of common good or even the existence of common yeah. good, because what I want when I want it right. and the fact that I can obtain it entitles me to be able to have it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he, he points out that one of the main ways mm. that, or one of the, one of the main um, forums 
in which this manif- this attitude manifests itself is economically, hmm. right? And, and we know this. We, we are yeah. bombarded. We are inundated yeah. Yeah. with messages and advertisements, yeah. sometimes subliminal, sometimes pretty explicit of you need to buy this thing. You need to own this thing. You mm-hmm. need to consume. You need to acquire in order yeah. to be, in, in order to express your individualism. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're not the person you could be. And again, you know, isn't, isn't individualism, what we're, what, that, that's the holy grail of life mm. in our culture. I mean, that's the summum bonum, mm. right? Mm. Um, and that's, that's life in the modern world right now. And it's, it's, uh, it's lonely and it's shallow. And, and we, we try to uh, take the edge off by buying stuff. Mm. You know, Father Dave's got the, 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 you know, the Nike LeBron 20s or whatever, which, which whatever, friends, whatever the newest, which friends I don't, yeah. I don't, but we're using this yeah, right. for sake of example. Uh, he's got them. And so, so I want them, you know, I might have the Dr. J's. That's a, <laughs> I love, for, Dr. I love former, Dr. J. Former you're, you're era. Speaking my language there. I love, I do love Dr. J, but, um, otherwise I'm just not expressing my individuality. Yeah. Of course, ironically, I'm, I'm just seeking to imitate you. Yeah. It's super interesting. You know, about the Dr. J, I was just thinking this, perhaps I told this story before. So crisis. In high school, when the Dr. J leather high top shoe came out, so wait, we, he had a high top. Oh yeah. So we wow. were going from the from the uh, the canvas to the leather. That was the that was oh. the uh, migration, right? Okay. So I've got to have the leather. You do okay. Approach dad, who looks at me <laughs> now. Dad was dad was six eight, <laughs> but you you had the canvas. And not only did I have the canvas, dad just simply looked at me and said, you seem to play pretty well last season in the canvas. End of, that's a, end that's of a good subject. Answer. Wow. That's, that's remember that one. That's some good parenting there. But how that, how that, that craving for the, yeah. you know, that was going to be an individual mark. I didn't think about it at the time in those terms. Yeah. I just thought about well, it, I need it and I deserve it. And if we're framing this in a Lenten sort of way, those yeah. are attachments. Yeah. That's right. Say, and say yeah. more about that. Explain that a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I need to possess those things in order to be me. Like if I don't yeah. have those things, I'm not going to be what I could be and what I want to be. Yeah. And right. I, I, I can be whatever I want to be. Yeah. You know, the culture yeah. tells me so. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, even even the most, you know, lukewarm, mediocre Christian hears that yeah. and says to himself or herself, wait a minute, that's, that's not what Christ is inviting me to be a part of. In yeah. fact, that actually is the polar opposite. <laughs> Right, and so Lent really becomes this um, this opportunity to protest what everything that I that I just you know it, you know Charles Taylor it's a it's a big picture assessment okay and with lots of big picture assessments there are strengths and weaknesses but but I mean from my perspective based on my own experiences a lot of what he has to say rings true hmm. it's a pretty accurate description of the world we live in. And Lent becomes an opportunity to protest or to opt out of that in, in however small a way I can. You know, it's not going to change the culture, but I'm not going to be complicit in it. Yes. You know? in, in a way, there's some irony. What could be more of a hallmark of individualism than my opting out to be yes. in the crowd? That's right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Yeah. Um, but so we, we talked about, um, huh. we talked about, you know, particularly fasting or, you know, yeah, fasting and almsgiving as uh, forms of detachment. Right. Um, you know, so I, I do without, I, I give something up for Lent or I, or I go, you know. Something day. that's good, something yeah. that I enjoy. 
Um, that will hopefully, when we come out the other side of Lent, um, develop a pattern of behavior within me, which is less attached to just yes. things in general. Yes. Um, yes. Same with almsgiving. You know, yes. my, my, my giving of alms, like if, if, I, if I do make it money, um, is not going to solve world poverty. That's not the point, though. Mm-hmm. It, it may help someone. Then mm-hmm. that, that that's a good thing, but yeah. primarily what it's going to do is go, it's going to change me a little bit. Yes, you know, make me a more uh, charitable, like in the old time sense, the, in the sense of love, cari- yes. caritas, love. Yes, a more loving person, which means I'm going to be um, less attached to things that aren't as important, yeah. and you know, more directed toward love of God and love of neighbor. Yes, right. So, you know, my opt out isn't going to, you know, change Nike's marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I'm not going to be complicit in it. It's going right. to change me. Right. And that's, that's the most important thing. Right. From the inside out that, yeah. that the, it's a disciplining of desires, you know, and then when that desire is, um, to possess, to have, to hold, uh, that my, my happiness is somehow contingent yes. upon having whatever it is in this moment. I desire want. your value as a person, my value as a person, I might even be so, Duped into yeah. uh, thinking that and, and acting that way. And you know what the scary thing is? We are already having this discussion with our fourth grader uh, because she's hearing it at school that, uh, you wow. know, the, the house you live in, the kind of car you roll up to, to school in, wow. um, the clothes you wear, like that makes you, you know, a, person, a person worth talking to or not. Christina and I didn't encounter that until junior high. Wow. So, I mean, so kids are, kids are already wrestling with that issue wow. um, as, you know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds. Uh, we were totally unprepared for for these conversations. Mm. We thought we'd have a few years till we got to that point. But, um, you know, you, you, you have the conversations and you, you model. You model the behavior, you know. And, yeah. and Lent is a great time for all of that. Yeah. In, in that sense, the entire family, your entire family gets to enter into. That's right. The, the, the Lenten practice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's Rick. I'm Father Dave, uh, a dad and a priest trying to become better fathers in this time of grace, trying to become less attached <laughs> to the things of the world so that we can be more more attached to the one supreme good who is no less than Christ Jesus the Lord. Thanks for spending time with us and um, eager to have you continue to be a part of our conversation. We're casting the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.